Welcome to the Best of the God Reports podcast. I'm your host, Sam. And I'm Rebecca. Today, we have the special privilege of listening to one of the wildest stories we have ever heard. Caleb is a missionary, instrument maker, and founder of Evergreen Missions with his wife, Gladys. They've been missionaries in Israel, the Philippines, and with indigenous people in tribal areas in Southeast Asia and the Pacific Islands. In 2013, Caleb woke up with an incredible dream. In the dream, I was standing on top of this mountain. I was looking out across the mountain and I saw a tribe of people. He had never seen this tribe before, so he was very curious. Caleb began a search to find out what this dream meant. He says, I feel like when God speaks to you, it's an invitation to partner and walk with God. Enjoy following Caleb's journey and listening to this interview by journalist Mark Ellis from 2021. Yeah, well, uh, back in 2013, um, I had a dream. And at this time, I was already doing missions work in a lot of the uh, in some of the unreached areas in the um, 1040 window. So uh, anyway, I had a dream. Uh, in the dream, I, I saw a, um, a tribe of people, and I was up in the mountainous area, kind of on top of a mountain, and, and uh, this tribe was uh, looking at me, and they were kind of calling out, for me and I was really drawn to them and so I asked them what their name was like what tribe they are and they said we are the Tinananan tribe and I had never heard that name before I'd never you know I'd never seen this people group before so in my dream I was thinking where are these people from like um and I've never heard of Dinananan before. I've never heard of that tribe. Well, after that, um, I saw a chief, the chief of the tribe, and he was carrying this musical instrument. And he came up in front of all the people, and he put, he put this musical instrument on a table, and he started to play it with two sticks. And um, at that time, I, I sort of, pushed pause in my dream and I zoomed in and I looked at the instrument and um, I, I at that time I was also doing a lot of instrument making and so I was really interest, interested in this instrument in my dream now I've never seen this instrument before it's, it was very different from any other instrument that I've seen and it's shaped like a circle on the top and at the bottom of the instrument is a bowl, and it had strings on the top of it, and they were stretching from the outside rim of the instrument to the middle. And I really got a lot of details about this instrument. It was as if I got a, a download of all of the dimensions of the instrument and the materials and how it was made how it sounded, what key and what uh, 
uh, yeah, what key it was tuned in and what kind of scales it played. You got all that after, from the dream. Yeah, I got that in the dream. And then after that, I zoomed back out and, and the, the chief began to play it with these two sticks. And as he played, a wonderful sound was uh, playing over, it was released over the, over the tribe, and the tribe began to worship. And I was, after that, I woke up from my dream, and mm. I was just totally amazed by this. It was such a detailed dream, um, and it definitely had some, you know, pockets of, um, <clears throat> in the dream that I, some things I didn't understand. It was like way beyond my knowledge and uh, way beyond what I could comprehend. So I quickly took my journal out and I just wrote everything that I remembered. And um, I wrote that word, Inananun, as best as I could spell it. And <clears throat> I drew pictures of the instrument and I drew, you know, the different materials and the dimensions and the type of strings that, uh, and how it sounded and just everything I could remember about this instrument. And um, I wasn't sure if it was a, a God dream or if it was a pizza dream. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, let me just, you know, do some research and, and you know, seek the Lord about this. I put it before the Lord, and of course I did research, and um, I couldn't find anything online about the Dinananin tribe. Um, I tried uh, different spellings of the word, and then I contacted some of my anthropologist friends and organizations and asked them about about that name, and, and they didn't hear, they didn't, they never heard of that name either, so I thought, well, maybe that was just out, maybe that's, you know, was, you know, kind of a little out in the left field, but let me, let me reach, research a little bit more about this instrument, and I tried to, to, to learn about this instrument and how the, even, a, just to see if it's even possible to um, make this type of sound that I heard in, in the dream from this, this instrument. And so I, I actually experimented in my shop. Uh, at, at that time, um, some pretty basic tools and I got the materials that I needed and I tried to make the instrument. And truthfully, the instrument was way more difficult to make. It was way beyond what I, what I, uh, you know, the, the, um, the skills that I had and so I, it was just it was too difficult for me to make and, and I ended up breaking things snapping things and just getting really frustrated with it Was that your profession or what was your what was your uh, work? Well at that time I was doing pretty much full time missions work Oh, and uh, I was also doing some instrument making on the side. Okay. And um, instrument making was a passion of mine, and I um, was making flutes and some drums at that time. 
and uh, they were pretty basic instruments. So th this instrument that I saw in my dream was a lot more difficult than what I was nor was used to. After I had sort of attempted in the shop and failed at making this instrument, I started just just to sort of give up on, on the dream. I thought maybe it was a pizza dream. Uh, <laughs> maybe it was just a, 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 you know, just something in the left field, and sometimes that happens. Um, but started to kind of give up on that. Um, but it was still a big interest of mine. And um, I, like I said, was doing a lot of tribal missions in uh, in various countries, and one of the countries that I was ministering in was in the Philippines. And I was down in the island of Bindanao, and I was traveling on a jeepney. Uh, we had just finished a pastoral gathering where we had a, around 50 pa tribal pastors that came in to do a, uh, you know, a couple days or two or three day event and I was speaking at that and then and then we were traveling out into the tribal area to minister and I was on a jeepney and I was uh, going out into the mountains mountains and, and a jeepney is like a, tr a public transportation in the Philippines and uh, I was on this public transportation and there was a man sitting on the other side of me and he kept looking at me and uh, uh, he was a Filipino man and he kept looking at me. I could tell he was looking at me, me and, uh, so I just started talking to him and I speak Tagalog, which is the national language of the Philippines. How did you learn so Tagalog? I, I learned Tagalog from my wife. She's, uh, she's from the northern part of the Philippines and, uh, yeah, before before we got married, I was living in tribal areas, and I had learned bits and pieces of different tribal languages. And I thought when we got married, I, I felt like I needed to learn the national language so that I could speak to Filipinos all over the country and not have a problem. Yeah. Uh, so so I really spent my first two years of marriage uh, learning Tagalog from my wife and she patiently taught me um, it, it, it has paid off for sure because um, now all the, every time that we go back to the Philippines I can jump right in and travel anywhere I, I need to go and, and, and I can speak just like a, just like a local and uh, it, it helps Fantastic. Not just help, but it actually, connect, you know, you're able to connect with the people. Yes. <clears throat> so you're on this jeepney and this guy's staring at you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this man was staring at me and, and, and so I started to talk to him and we just sort of had small talk for a few minutes and um, it turns out that this man was a, 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 um, a believer and so I started talking to him about uh, me as a as a missionary, and he was telling 
me about him as a pastor, and um, I didn't know exactly where he was from, but as we were talking, I don't know what it was, but it was obviously the Lord. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, Caleb, ask that man about the Din and Anin. And um, at that point, you know, I had sort of given up on this dream, and so I was, I was a little bit, uh, a little bit scared to just ask this man about standing on him. You know, I'd already done my research, and I felt like this, this word or this name was really just something that was from my dreams. But I really felt like the Lord said, ask him. So I said, uh, sir, do you happen to know standing on him? And I just sort of asked it like that. And when I when I said that word dinananin, his eyes got really big, and he said, "Hey, how do you know my tribe? How do you know my people?" <laughs> and I was just like, "What? Are you serious?" <laughs> he said, "Yes, that this is my tribe, the dinananin people." And I said, "Wow!" I said, "Tell me about your tribe." And so he started telling me all about his tribe that is actually from that same island in the Philippines. They are from a real uh, mountainous area where it's it's hard to reach this mm. area. And it's also a very dangerous part of the island to go to. So he told me all about it. And um, I said... Sir, I don't know where you're going today. I don't know what your plans are, but uh, do you have a little bit of time? Because I need to show you something. <laughs> and so uh, he ended up going with me and my companions to um, my the house where I was living at that time. And it, we, uh, we got there, and I, I found my journal, and I showed my journal to him. And when I showed my journal to him, it was the journal from the dream that I had uh, the previous year. Wow! And I showed it to him, and he he started to uh, he started to cry, mm. and he, he tears were coming down his face, and he said, uh, he said, hey, remember earlier we were on the jeepney or on the public transportation? He said, I kept looking at you. And I said, yeah, why, why were you looking at me? He said, I was looking at you because I've seen you before. And I just, I just could not figure out where I had seen you before. He said, but, but now I realize I saw you in a dream. I saw you in a dream three years ago. And in the dream, I was, um, um, you know, I was doing missions work in my tribe. And I was having a lot of difficult persecution and challenges trying to bring the gospel to my tribe. But then I saw you come, and you came and, and helped join me in our missions work to my tribe. And that's where I saw you. And when he told me that, we were just like, wow, this is the Lord. This is certainly the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So let's just let's just spend time together 
and pray together. And so uh, this man, his name's Manigos. Uh, Manigos and I and, and our, my friends, we had prayed together for about three, three to four days, I believe. And it was just a wonderful time getting before the Lord and, and uh, waiting on Him and seeing what He wanted. And um, <clears throat> He obviously invited me to His tribe, mm. and I wanted to really put that before the Lord. And so we prayed about it, and I talked to my, with my wife about it. And so we decided that I was going to go. But before I went, I wanted to try one more time to get back in my shop and make this instrument. Because mm. the Lord has showed me some, he's revealed something here with this dream. Maybe this instrument has something to do with it, too. So I got back in my shop and I tried to make the instrument. And sure enough, after three months, uh, the Lord gave my wife and I wisdom. I, I call it divine wisdom uh, from heaven. And we were able to, to make this instrument with the little bit of tools that I had, the limited resources and the materials that I had, we were able to make it. And I remember putting the, the strings on for the first time and tuning it up and I struck it with the little sticks that I made and when I when I struck those strings it was that same sound <laughs> that I heard in the dream. That is so remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was um it was definitely the Lord because I mean I I've no clue this instrument was so much over my head as an instrument maker and to be able to to play that instrument and for it to be the same sound that I heard <laughs> and the dream was was definitely from the Lord. It was Him. And you you even remembered the sound from the dream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty remarkable as well. I don't I can't think of dreams I've had where I remember the sounds yeah. from the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was amazing. The Lord the Lord is so incredible. He's he's just he's uh he's just amazing. Now now was your wife expecting at this time? Yeah, actually the, my wife was eight months pregnant at that time. When I had finished the instrument, it, uh, she was eight months pregnant, and we thought, should I go now to the tribe, or should or should we should I wait until we we give birth to our our first child, who is a son, our first son? And we felt like the Lord said, go go now. So we did, or I did. That is something that your wife would have that sensitivity. To the to the Lord's leading at such yeah. a you know important time in in your lives. Yeah, it really was. It was our first child, and we were actually having some um, complications with our uh, with her pregnancy, and thankfully our child was good and safe and oh, good. It was a great delivery. Uh, but you know, at that time, there was a lot of fear that we had to face. And um, we had to 
certainly put it before the Lord, and it, it was not an easy decision to make. I can imagine. That, that was one of the reasons you flew home, right? Her pregnancy? Well, yeah. So after, yeah, like after I had um, gone to the tribe, uh, thankfully, you know, we had gone to the tribe and we were able to come back before, <laughs> before we, we, you know, my wife gave birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. So tell me about your, your trip over there. How did that go? Yeah. So, um, right when I had finished the journey, uh, right when I had finished the instrument, we, we, uh, prayed, we, we put it before the Lord and the Lord said, go. So, uh, I, I quickly bought a plane ticket and flew to the island. And I took this instrument with me, and I uh, asked one of my tribal companions, he's a tribal leader, and he knows the island, he knows the languages, and he, he uh, has always been with me. And ha- his name is uh, Ansulao, and he went with me. Hmm. So, yeah, so uh, Ansulao met me. Uh, at the main airport, and we got on a motorbike, and we traveled. And uh, we traveled about, hmm, I think it was about six hours. But n- until it, weren't you with Man- yeah. I thought you were with Manigos. Yeah, well, we first traveled about six hours until we met Manigos. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we, and then my Nikos got on the, on the motorbike with us. <laughs> and all three of us were on the motorbike. How, and how, we went up, up into the mountain. How, how do you get three, three guys and an instrument and what, whatever, your backpacks yeah. <laughs> and all that? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, in the Philippines you can do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's like, somehow they're able to, to figure out how to balance just right. And uh, the challenge about this was, was the instrument because the instrument is such an awkward shape. Right. And it's, it's pretty large. So, you know, we tried to hold it on one side and it was, it was outweighing us. It was pulling us to that side. So we, so we eventually just held it over our heads. Oh, my. So that, so, you know, to keep it, keep us balanced yeah and it worked that way our, our arms were extremely tired by the end but oh i bet six six yeah. hours to just to get to manigos and then from there how long from there it took about four hours four and a half hours something oh. like that oh my to get up get up into the mountain and and uh to get to to our destination and the amazing thing is that um, when I, when we were entering into the tribe, I looked at the, the, the people and it was just like, as if I was, I had been there before hmm. and, um, it was the same people that I saw in the dream. It really? Like same, yeah. It was just incredible. It was like the Lord had, like, I knew when I was there, it was like, wow, I, I almost felt like I've been here before. 
And so we got into the tribal area, and just as we were entering in, uh, the Lord spoke to me again, um, and the Lord said, uh, Caleb, I want you to take this, this instrument to the chief of the tribe. Hmm. And we did not know where the chief of the tribe was, uh, so we asked Manigos, and he was not sure. So we asked some other people, and, and um, they said that it was uh, three and a half hours on the other side of the, of the mountain. Unbelievable. So we were like, okay, okay, let's, let's go there. So we ended up getting back on the motorbike, and we traveled three and a half hours, and we finally got there to his house. Now, are there dirt roads? Yeah, there are dirt roads. Um, some, you know, there are some roads that are more established, and some that are just basically like a a walking trail. Yeah, uh, it can go from a, a dirt road to a walking trail really quickly. And mm. um, you know, yeah, we were thankful that we made it because we had a storm that came through and. It was very challenging to get there. Oh, my goodness. But we, we made it safely. <laughs> yeah. How did you even navigate? I mean, are there road signs or trail markers? or? No road signs, just basically asking people huh. that were standing on the side of the road. Okay. Um, you know, and they, they uh, directed us to the right place. Okay. And Manigos could speak the language. Yeah, yeah, Manigos could speak the language. And then also Ancelau, he spoke a real similar language. And so they were able to uh, pretty much understand each other for the most part. Okay. And we finally got there to the chief's house. And I came up and knocked on the, on the uh, chief's door. And he answered, and it was him, it was the chief. And, and so I said, I said, uh, uh, you know, Datu, Datu is the word for chief. I said, Datu, um, we are, we are here, uh, or I am coming to your tribe for the first time. And it's uh, such a joy to be here. But before we go to any other parts of your tribe, we just wanted to come and we want to honor you. And um, I just want to give this as a gift to you. And I had this, the instrument in my hand, but it was covered up. It was covered up by a cloth. So we came into his house and we put the instrument down on the table and we took the cloth off. And when we took that cloth off, he looked at it and he said, where did you get that from? And I said, well, I just made it. And he said, no, no, where did you get it from? And I was trying to sort of beat around the bush and not tell him everything. But he kept asking me, kept asking me, he said, where did you get that instrument from? And I said, well, if you want me to be really truthful with you, Last year, I had a dream, and in the dream, I actually saw this instrument, and I also saw your tribe, and I heard for the first time the name 
Inananan, which is the name of your tribe. And I had seen this instrument, and I, I am an instrument maker, and I have never even seen this instrument before. But after the dream, I felt like my God had, had given me this dream, and he has made a way for me able for me to be able to meet someone from your tribe. And then I was able to make this instrument. And so here I am today. I felt like the Lord has led, my God has led me here to give this to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just sort of kind of let it all out like that. And uh, he, he uh, was shaking his hand. And at, at that same time, there were uh, two or three other uh, elders of the tribe that walked into the room. And when they came in, they saw the, the instrument as well. And they came up and they were plucking the strings and they were talking amongst themselves. And I didn't understand what they were saying, but I did hear this one word that they kept saying. And the word was salimba, salimba or um, sinolimba. And I kept he- hearing that word over and over again. And I was asking myself, what is that word, salimba? And uh, finally, they they looked at me. They all looked at me, and they said, we want to show you something. So the chief took me out of his house that we were at, and we walked down this path, not very far down. uh, There was a little um, house on the right, and he took me inside there, and I immediately noticed that this was a... Uh, house of prayer and in their in their tribe they have a house of prayer uh, it's called Palavaran and it is the place where they pray to the different gods of their tribe or the different angels and they pray to God which is the, the master God um, and this was also sort of a a place where all of the ancient articles of their tribe was kept. So it was a very, it was kind of like the Holy of Holies of their tribe. It was Mm -hmm. the most sacred spot of their tribe. And they took me inside there and I could see all different types of things from their tribe, like like, uh, metalwork and some clay vessels and weaving uh, mm-hmm. where they had made mats and things like that. And they also had one section where they had musical instruments there. And the chief began to tell me that there was, uh, that there's an instrument that worships the different gods. So there's like one instrument that worships the god of the tree or the angel of the tree. Then there's another instrument that worships the angel of the river. And he said that many years ago, he said, he said over a century ago, so over a hundred years ago, there was a musical instrument that they had. And this instrument was the instrument that worshiped the God of all gods. And this instrument was taken away from them. Uh, uh, it was during a tribal war and the instrument was taken away from them. And at that time they lamented and they, and they, they cried.
cried out to God and they said, our, our instrument of worship has been taken away from us. And then they, they, during the, the time of their lamentation, uh, there was a, a song that they wrote that said something like this. It said, the instrument was taken away from us, but one day it's going to be restored or redeemed back to them. <laughs> and when, when that instrument is redeemed <clears throat> back to them, that is going to be the sign that God is coming back again. Because wow. God's going to be, God's going to come down from heaven and he's going to call all the righteous people to him. And <clears throat> he, he looked at me and he said, Caleb, today you brought that instrument to us and it's called the Salimba. The Salimba. It's called the Salimba. It's, it's uh, an instrument of worship, the, the, the instrument that, that we use to worship the God of all gods. And I was totally speechless, and I just sort of stood there. I was like, wow, okay. And um, he, he immediately gathered a lot of the, the tribal elders that were in the area, and they came, and... Uh, we just got together, and he dedicated the instrument back to God. Wow. <clears throat> and he prayed. He prayed to God, the God of all gods, and, um, and we worshiped together. And um, I could actually feel the manifest presence of God in the room. Mm. And, and um, it was incredible. I was like, wow, this is It's so dramatic. Um, yeah, it really is dramatic. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Um, one morning we were 
having breakfast with the chief and I felt like I needed to ask the chief a question. And um, I felt like this was from the Lord. I said, um, Datu, um, I said, uh, how can I help you? How can we, my family or my, my people, how can we sincerely help you? Um, and I knew that there was going to be risk to that question. <laughs> Um, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> you ask that to anyone, and, you know, definitely to, to us because we're, you know, we're from a first world country and, you know, there's, there's risk there, you know, he could have asked for anything, you know, but he sincerely took that question and he sat there for, I'm guessing about 30 minutes to an hour, just, just kind of, he didn't respond right away. Um, but after a while he, he replied and said, Caleb, if you can help me with one thing, uh, I want you to help, I want you to help us with this. I want you to help us translate the Bible into Mm. our language. Mm. And I was totally taken back by that. Like I was amazed because yeah, like I said, he could have asked for anything, and that's what he asked for. Mm. Um, and I and I and I said, yeah, okay, okay, I will. Um, I will do my best to to walk this out with you to see the the Bible translated into your language. Tell me uh, how God has moved in that tribal group. translation and thank thank the Lord we were able to get a Bible translation project started in 2015 and that has been ongoing and before we could just start translating the Bible it was not that easy Uh, you know you got to start from language development I mean just from ground zero basically from forming a language uh, written language, you know, forming an alphabet and a grammar structure and teaching the people how to write their language out. So that's been sort of the work, the groundwork that we've been working on so far. And um, we were able to translate uh, some Bible comics in their language. So that's been that's helped a whole lot. Mm. And the amazing thing is that since we were able to have this open door to bring the gospel in, uh, Pastor Manigos and some of his companions have just been able to take it and run with it. Mm. And it has been absolutely incredible to see the gospel spread and grow. Uh, they've been able to take this, take the gospel into the really, really unreached areas of the tribe. And um, a lot of people have come to know Jesus. Mm. Um, I know that there have been hundreds of people. Mm. Um, It could be in the thousands now. Wow. Praise God. Uh, And this is within the past four years. Mm. Um, 
where, especially the past year, the past like year, there's been such an expansion of the gospel. Thank you for listening to the God Reports podcast. Head to GodReports.com to read more exciting articles on what God is doing around the world.